title of my message this morning is Divine Connections. Divine Connections. As I said earlier, we know that God has called us to connect with other people, both churched and unchurched, both lost and found. We're to connect with other people. That's what makes life worth living, connecting with other people. We weren't created to do life alone, to be on an island by ourselves. We were created to do life together with people. And whenever you isolate yourself, that's when devils come, depression comes, defeat comes. And we believe God has called us to come alongside other people like the Holy Spirit and help carry them when they need to be carried and help lift them when they've fallen low and to help love them when no one else is loving them. And I believe Abba's house is going to be a great city set on a hill that's going to lead in the area of love and connection in the future. What is the definition of divine? It's really simple, but it's important that you know it. It means of God and from God. Say that with me. Of God and from God. So if something is divine, that means it's of God or it's from God. Example, your marriage as a Christian should be divine. It should be of God and your mate should be from God. It's very difficult. The Bible teaches us that we really shouldn't come into covenant with unbelievers. This doesn't mean we don't love them. This doesn't mean we don't serve them. But it says that we are to not come in covenant with someone that is not a believer in Jesus Christ because it will lead to dysfunction. And one of the two will be brought down. And usually it's the weaker vessel in the faith that brings the stronger vessel down. And so we must make sure that when we enter into a covenant, that it is a divine covenant, that it is one that is of God and one that is from God. Your relationship should be of God and from God, especially your close relationships. You need people around you that believe the same way you believe, that pray the same way you pray, that witness the same way you witness, that worship the same way you worship doesn't mean all of your friends have to be holy rollers, but you need a few people in your life that know how to get in the secret place of the Most High just like you do. You need people that when you're going through a difficult season, they know how to pray for you. Not just you'll be in my thoughts and a pat on the back. You need some people who know how to intercede on your behalf, that know how to go to the throne room of God. We must be connected with other people. And some connections are indeed divine. They are of God and they are from God. And that is the, really the role of the church, obviously to preach the gospel and teach the word, to create a place where we can worship God. But we need to connect with other people. And so we're doing our very best to make it easy to connect with other people. Because if you stay in your group or your family and just around the people you're comfortable with, you may miss a moment with God. You may miss an opportunity to connect with someone that was sent to you from God. You see, God doesn't stop connecting you with people at a certain age. As long as you have breath, the Lord wants you to connect with other people. Some may need you, but you may need them. And so I want to challenge our church this morning to be open to new relationships, to be open to divine connections. Be willing to give someone a chance that maybe doesn't look like you or doesn't act like you or wasn't raised like you. Maybe... They don't come from the same socioeconomic background that you do. 
we must be willing to take a chance on relationships. I'm talking about connections that are God-ordained. They're important. Solomon, the wisest man in the Old Covenant, says this in Ecclesiastes 4. And you can apply this to any divine connection, but it says two are better than one. And that's very simple, but it's true. It's easier to carry something with two people. It's easier, easier to accomplish a goal with multiple people. But he says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him as alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily or quickly broken. James chapter 2 verse 23 says this, And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. How would you like to be referred to by God as his friend. I tell you, I think that's the greatest compliment you could receive from the divine, that you are so close with God and you are so connected with God that he looks at you as a friend. So what can we learn from this divine connection? What can we learn from the friendship between God and Abraham, formerly known as Abram? It's interesting to me, Abram, means the identity is in the earthly father and Abraham means you will now be the father of many nations. It's interesting, whenever God gets involved, your perspective changes. You go from looking at what this earth has to offer to now looking at legacy and spirituality and what you can leave behind as a partaker in God's divine favor. Divine connections are key to human accountability. When you're connected with people, people will hold you accountable. It's the key not only to human accountability, but human achievement. If you're going to ever get where God wants you to get to in this life, in business, in any area, you need other people who believe in you, who will labor with you, who will join up with your vision, who will be loyal to you, who will follow you, and who will pick you up when you can't walk alone. It has to do with accountability. It has to do with achievement. It has to do with affirmation. I don't care how tough someone acts, how big of a wall they put up, how rigid they are, everybody needs affirmation. Everybody needs someone to say you're doing a good job. Everybody needs someone to say I'm proud of you. Everybody needs someone that will come alongside them and encourage them like Barnabas did to the Apostle Paul during his weak seasons. Everybody needs someone in their life that brings encouragement to them in difficult seasons. A divine connection guarantees victory over the enemy. A divine connection brings answer to prayers. When you're connected with God, you will receive answers to your prayers. A divine connection strengthens our faith. Creative power flows through connection. Even God is the God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He is triune God. The Father represents our covering and accountability. The Son represents the finished work, our redemption, and the Holy Spirit 
is divine momentum and intellect, achievement. All of the things I've mentioned to you can be summed up in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's who God is. And if that's confusing to you, just shout Jesus because he embodies them all. Amen? Just know that Jesus embodies all the characteristics of the Godhead. It says in Genesis 1 verse 16, let us make man in our image according to our who? Who? The Trinity, our likeness. Genesis 1:27, God created man in his own image, male and female he created them. Then God blessed them. Father accountability, son access, Holy Spirit achievement. Creative power flows from unity and agreement. People close to me will tell you about me that I value two things, loyalty and honor. I do not deal with disloyalty and I do not like drama. This doesn't mean I won't pastor you. This doesn't mean I won't love you. This doesn't mean I won't pray for you. But I will not connect with you in a deep manner if you bring drama to my life or dishonor. I just can't do it. It's just not worth the effort. Some people need to be healed on the inside before they connect with another person. They are bringing toxic emotional baggage into a new relationship. And even when I marry young couples, I go through this process with them where they let go of the past, forgive the past, so none of that baggage comes into their new covenant. Amen? It's the same thing if you're to be divinely connected with people. You cannot bring your past junk into a new covenant. Can I get an amen? So we can't do those things. So what do we know about Abraham? Well, obviously, he's the father of our faith. He's a man of faith. Well, why faith? Why is it so important? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews 11.1 1, that it is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. We're to live by faith. And if we believe in our heart, then the Bible says that by faith we can even move mountains. And it is impossible to please God without faith. So if you're to be connected with God, you must have faith. Faith moves God's heart and his hand. It's amazing to me people get saved in an evangelical church as a young person and they just take the pastor's word for it from that point on. But I challenge you, if you read your Bible all by yourself and you start reading these verses on faith in Hebrews 11 and in Romans, it's going to start to stir some things in you and you're going to understand that religion won't do, that you need faith in a higher power bigger than you. His name is Jesus. And when you have faith, which means you're believing in that which you can't see, then God's heart moves, then his hand moves. Divine connections. Abraham had to leave the comfort of his childhood, the safety of all that he had known, Ur, and go to what we know of as the land of Canaan. Archaeologists have discovered that Ur, where he came from, they had wonderful technology for back then. They had the best of the best. So he was genuinely leaving a place of comfort, a place where he wouldn't be challenged, where he would be protected. But God called him out of all that he knew, everything that was comfortable, and challenged him to leave. 
And then we know he waited on his promise. God promised him he'd be the father of a nation. And he had to wait till nearly 100 years old to receive that promise. And then later he had to take that promise and put it on an altar. He was a friend of God. It says in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 7, he says that Abraham was his friend forever. Isaiah 41 verse 8, but you Israel are my servant, Jacob whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. My friend. He was called the friend of God. Who you choose to do life with will either make you or break you. Who you choose to do life with will either bless you or stress you. Who you choose to do life with will either fill you or kill you. It matters who you connect with. Not who you love, not who you serve, but who you are spiritually connected with. It matters. It mattered yesterday, it matters today, and it will matter throughout eternity. Who you are connected with will make you break you. It will do it. You must decide who you're going to connect with. Peer pressure is a powerful force. It's always used in the context of drugs and alcohol for teenagers, but we never quite look at it from an adult perspective. But peer pressure is just as strong uh, at 40, 50, 60, 70 as it is for a 12-year-old. Because if you're around negative people, you're going to become negative. Can I get an amen? If you're around a critical person, you're going to become critical. If you're around even your own family, and they don't take the things of God seriously, and they've been in six churches in the last 15 years, and they don't understand covenant and faithfulness, they don't read the Bible, and they're just religious, then guess what? You're going to become religious. It matters who you connect with. It matters what you do. So I want to give you some characteristics of a divine connection. Number one, a divine connection is stronger than family ties. Stronger than family ties. In other words, some of you have family members that are holding you back. God told Abraham in Genesis 12, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Abraham's family was immoral. They weren't serving God. They were serving false gods. And he had to sever his own family ties to to seek God with all of his heart. Their influence on him was detrimental to his spiritual walk. What about you this morning? Even once Abraham moved, much of the difficulty in his life came from a selfish young family member that he took on the journey. Lot. God's ideal has always been generational legacy. But because of the curse of Adam in the Garden of Eden, we struggle with sin, our emotions, and if not governed by the Spirit, your own family can be a hindrance to your walk with God. Where can you turn when your family fails you? King David understood. He said, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will lift me up. Moses understood it. David knew how to draw near in times of Betrayal and times in the cave where he was running for his life because the person that should have been for him 
was against him. You're going to have seasons in your life where you will need divine connections. The apostle Paul was strengthened, as I said, by Barnabas and Silas and Priscilla and Aquila and so many others. And this man had a thorn in his flesh. He had health struggles. He literally got beat up every time he would start a new mission or new ministry. Every time he would enter into a new region, they would literally beat him for the gospel of grace. And I'm telling you, if you've got a call like that on your life, you better have some true friends, amen? You better have some divine connections in your life. When Jesus Christ needed rest, he went to see Lazarus, Martha, and Mary, who I believe those were his genuine connections, his best friends. He would eat with them. He would rest with them. Everybody needs friendship. Everybody needs friendships that are not just casual, but divine. Your physical family, even if it's a great family, will never provide all the support you need spiritually or emotionally. It won't. That is the one reason the New Testament church was born. We are called to connect with other people. This is supposed to be a spiritual family, not a mega building with multiple cliques. We're supposed to be a family, not a mega building with multiple cliques. We're supposed to love each other, be open to new relationships. And contrary to popular opinion, religious people jump from church to church because of the lights, the personalities, and the nonsense. Lost people just need love. And if we're going to reach lost people, then we need to be connected with them. We need to be in areas or groups where we can connect with them and find common interests. We need to have conversations with people that are different than us. If we're going to evangelize, if we're going to win the lost, if we're going to disciple people, if we're simply going to serve like Jesus served, we've got to be with other people. Number two, a divine connection is sacrificial in nature. True friends are willing to risk personal security to answer the call of a friend. Abraham left everything for the Lord. He left everything, everything that was comfortable for the Lord. I believe friendship, divine ones, are built on three things. Number one, connection. Same thing with a marriage. Same thing. First, there's a connection. In a friendship, you like that person, they like you, share common interests, common views, you agree on the same things, many of them, you have a good time together, everybody say connection. That connection, if it's to be divine, eventually leads to covenant. A Ruth and Naomi experience, I will go where you go. I'm not leaving your side. I believe in you. I'm going to be there for you when you're hurting. You're going to be there for me when I'm hurting. I'm going to bless you. You're going to bless me. We're going to be better together because a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. Where are the three? That's God in the middle of it. That's what makes it divine. God is in the middle of the relationship. So it goes from a connection to a covenant. Same thing with the marriage. The connection might be a little different, but we won't go there. But it leads to a covenant and eventually conviction. A passion for the relationship, a passion for the things of God. So who will fight with you? Who do you share the same passions with? Who will sacrifice for you? 
I mean, who will make time for you? I mean, if you're really close with somebody, then when they need you, you're going to make time for them. You're going to make time for them. Number three, divine connections are protective of your soul and your secrets. Divine connections are protective of your soul and your secrets. It says in Genesis 15, verse 6, and he believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham believed the Lord. That was the foundation for all he achieved. When's the last time someone believed in you that wasn't family or when's the last time you believed in someone that wasn't in your family or wasn't someone that you've known forever? When's the last time you took a chance on a relationship? Being able to trust another and being trustworthy yourself is the key to miracle relationships. The Bible says that a friend will tell you the truth when everyone else won't. If you are in a divine relationship, a true friend shouldn't be worried about your response. They should be able to tell you the truth. And you should be open to the truth because you know that person loves you. Abraham took a bold step of faith in moving into this unknown land. He, did, he, he looked at it as, you know, the land of Canaan. Just, he was inheriting a land, but what it really was was the lineage that would lead to Christ. I mean, this was truly the blessing that would never fail. It would be a blessing that would transcend the test of time that would be for every race and every nation and it all started with obedience and faith and being willing to love God and be in a relationship with God. Friendship is as deep as the level of trust in the relationship. Abraham trusted God his relationship with God was more important than his success. Trust is essential in deep, intimate friendship. Abraham believed what God told him and he acted upon it. If you're going to receive anything from God, you've got to believe what the word says about God, believe what God tells you and act on it, amen? We have a culture sometimes that worships the word of God but never takes that word, breathes spirit on it, and does something with it. Someone was asking me, I was helping some people prepare some sermons um, just a few weeks ago, and they said, what, are you, what is your goal when you preach a message? And I said, it's real simple. I have three goals. Number one, I want you to learn something. Number two, I want you to feel something. And number three, if I've done my job, when you leave, you'll do something. But the problem, in, problem is in many churches, they just come and learn something and they leave. But when God really moves, you learn something, you feel in something by way of the Holy Spirit, and you feel in something to the degree that you're gonna go do something. And that's what I hope you do today. I hope you go do something. Our words must be followed by integrity. With a real friend, flaws are covered by trustworthiness, secrets are safe, and hearts are an open book. I value that in my life. The difference between me and a lot of my pastor friends that I'm in a divine connection with, 
I'm the friend they need that they can cry to, that they can get real to about their struggles, their sins. And many of my pastor friends don't have that. And one of the blessings I have, it's been difficult pastoring in the town you grew up in, but one of the great blessings is I've developed a few people over the years that know my mess and still call me pastor, that love me even though they know that I fall short in certain areas. And I'm telling you, it has been a blessing to my life. It has kept me going. It has kept me preaching week in and week out. The people that truly believe in me, the people that are loyal, not blind loyal, but people that are safe with my heart, safe with the things of God, safe with the struggle, people that cover my nakedness. You know, you, you don't have to expose everybody. God's big enough to expose what's wrong. You know, God didn't call you to expose everybody. Yeah, we're to stand up for righteousness and stand up against evil. But God didn't call you to be everybody's accountability and put everybody's junk on social media. That shows a lack of trust in a sovereign God. All things will work together in accordance to his will, I promise you that. My God is big enough to handle it all. Divine connections, number four, are provoked by intimacy and communication. The Lord rewarded Abraham. You see, friendship is about rewards, a genuine connection. You should be a blessing and they should bless you. It's not one-sided. That's called codependency. If you're the person in a relationship always doing, always blessing, always turning the other cheek, and they never reciprocate, that's codependency. That's not a divine connection. Whether it's a marriage uh, your dating relationship or a friendship, if you're always the one doing and always the one encouraging and always, that's draining. Can I get an amen? I mean, that's draining to always have to be the godly one, to always have to serve, to always have to be the bigger person. It's draining. As I said, a divine connection should bless you, not stress you. It should make you, not break you. You have to ask yourself some questions whenever you're in a relationship. When you leave fellowship with that person, uh, does it sustain you or does it drain you? I mean, if every time you leave a person, you feel drained, probably not a divine connection, probably a casual relationship. You need to be in relationships that fill you up, not kill your spirit. And I believe that what we've offered you here today We'll give you an opportunity to connect with some people. Now, not all the connections you'll make will be divine, but if you make one connection that's divine, it'll be worth it. And by all means, it begins with a connection with God. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. If you don't have any friends, the greatest friend you could ever have is Jesus. He'll stick with you and nobody else will stick with you. He'll love you and nobody else will love you. He'll pick you up when you're at the bottom. He will fill you with his Holy Spirit. He will bless you, restore you, promote you, advance you, educate you. He will do it. And he will love you. His name is Jesus. Provoked by intimacy and communication. The Bible says in Genesis 15, the word of the Lord came to Abram. God told Abraham, I am thy exceedingly great reward. When you're in a relationship, it is rewarding. And when you're in a relationship with God, it's not about what you can get out of God. 
the relationship in and of itself is your reward. See, if you're going into relationship with people to try to get more sales, try to advance your career, try to get something from them, that's not going to end up as a divine connection. That's going to end up in a, as a shady connection. You can't have an agenda because a God-given, preordained relationship is your reward. Shouldn't look for anything beyond that. With God, your reward, yes, there are gifts of the Spirit, many of them. Yes, there is salvation, there is eternity, there is blessings that come from God, but our motivation ought to be to love him as he loved us. That is our exceedingly great reward. Abraham Lincoln said the better part of one's life consists of his friendships. I close here. Divine connections stands the test of time. A divine connection survives tragedies. When you're divinely connected with someone, it's through those connections that'll get you through loss, heartache, pain, torment. Divine connections will carry you through a tragedy and carry you through a difficulty. That's what God-given relationships will do. And I'm telling you, I need them, you need them, we all need them. Divine connections maintain their strength when seasons change. You see, there are some friends for a reason, some for a season, some for a lifetime. Some come into your life just for a reason. They want something from you, you need something from them. It's just a business encounter. There's a reason for it. Then there's a friend that comes in seasonally. You have, you know, your occasional things you do or you share something in common, your kids do stuff, whatever. Then they're friends for a lifetime. Those are usually divine connections. And they'll maintain when seasons change. They'll maintain through poverty and wealth. They'll maintain through death and life. They'll maintain through struggle, through personality changes. They'll still be solid because they're God-ordained. A divine connection goes all in. It's willing to give up their own rights, their own blessings, for a true friend. The greatest story of Abraham's journey to me is not when he left his homeland. It's not even having a baby at 100 years old, although that's pretty cool, I gotta be honest. <laughs> to me, it's after he finally had it all and he'd seen the miraculous hand of God. God said, all right, you have everything you've ever dreamed of. You have the promise. Now go on up to Mount Moriah. Grab that son Isaac that you love. Saddle the ass. And for three days, travel 45 miles to a place called Mount Moriah. And when you get to that mountain, you take your only begotten son. And you lay that only begotten son on there and you... Crucify that son. And you offer that as a sacrifice to me. And Abraham didn't even hesitate. And he looked at the men around and said, the lad and I 
are going, but we'll be back because he had enough faith in God to know that the God that promised me will never leave me. We'll provide a substitutionary sacrifice. He will keep his word. He will not turn his back on me. He got up there and God provided that ram in the thicket. And we know that as Abraham looked through the supernatural, I believe with all of my heart, he looked a couple thousand years ahead and he saw the real sacrifice that would come from his bloodline, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, who I believe it was in the same place where he laid on that cross and died for our sins and blood dripped down to the mercy seat so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm telling you, we have a friend in God but it's time we be a friend to God because he's given us everything, everything. I'm telling you we need a divine connection with him, number one, but we need divine connections with the people of God. We need people around us who hold us accountable, help us achieve, help us access the things of the Holy Spirit and if you're to connect with God, you need to understand a divine connection with him offers you the same thing that a godly relationship should. A relationship with Jesus, number one, is stronger than family ties. Sacrificial in nature because he died on the cross for us. And number three, it's protective of your soul. Jesus will protect your soul. It's provoked by intimacy and a relationship with Jesus will stand the test of eternity because the Bible says if you know Jesus, a six-foot hole in the ground or a furnace is not your destiny. Your destiny is in heaven where you'll inherit a new body and a new heaven and a new earth and you'll rule and reign with your friend, Jesus, once and for all. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning? Pastors, would you make your way down? Before we go any further today in connecting with groups and all of these different things, I wonder if you want to be a friend of God. You say, Pastor Ronnie, I'm dirty, I'm sinful, I'm unclean, I'm not right with God. Listen, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The greatest thing about being divinely connected with him is you don't have to clean up to connect. You just got to repent, confess, believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and you shall be saved. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, whether you're on your phone, in your home, in the house, if you need Jesus in your life, just pray this prayer with me. I have his house, help me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. If you prayed that prayer in just a moment when we stand, you need to run down to one of these pastors say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Say, listen, I want to be baptized. I want to know more about the word of God. I want to connect with this house of grace. The Bible says, if you'll not confess me in front of men, I'll not confess you in front of my father. That's what Jesus says. So who wants a friend that's ashamed of the relationship? I don't want a friend that's ashamed of me. Jesus is the same way. So if you've made that decision, if you confess your sins, 
You need to make it public if you're physically able. So in just a moment, you want you to come to one of these pastors and connect. But for many of you, you're saved, but you need ministry, you need healing. You need to just lay aside that religious attitude and how you're raised and start taking a chance on some new relationships. We'll pray with you about that too. Whatever your need is today, don't miss God. Would you stand on your feet as we worship him? Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for our connection. Lord, I pray you'd connect right now spiritually with everybody in this place, whether they need salvation, prayer, healing, connection with the local church, or they're just going to grit their teeth and commit to serving you and connecting with new people. Whatever it is, Spirit, move in a powerful way as we worship. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.